Charlie Dead Games update with the latest news about Charlie Dead Games. Hi, this is John Ryer with your Tritech Games update. So today we're going to talk about the status of the Savage Worlds Fringe Really game. As you may or may not know, I'm the uh, lead, lead on the project, uh, pretty much doing most of the design work. Um, folks have, produ have produced um, supplemental materials such as Avengers and so forth, which is, which is all well and good. Uh, though, I'm still having issues with things. Um, part of it's background material, part of it, part of it is getting uh, material straight. And also, I'm just not getting the work done. And it's my fault, so I'm taking full responsibility for the delay in the game. Having said that, there are I can make a few excuses, and that's what they are, excuses. Uh, I'm a technical writer by trade. So after a long day of work, the last thing I want to do some, day, some days is sit down work some more at the computer, writing basically what's a technical article. But that's, you know, neither here nor there. That's just an excuse. I just really haven't gotten uh, pinned people down to get them help and develop uh, things for the game. And that's mostly on my, on my part. Now, having said that, we do have a lot of work done in the game. Uh, the core rules are more or less complete. What we're really going into is all the fluff, the flavor text, the background material. And that's, that keeps going round and round, uh, partly because things are changing. Uh, if you haven't uh, heard any of our podcasts with uh, Richard Hoka, he is, in fact, changing some of the background material. So that, of course, change, means I have to change stuff for the Savage Worlds game, such as life. In addition, I'm also making changes. Uh, I've actually revised the rules more than once as I've uh, come to know and understand Savage Worlds much better. Uh, there's been several sections that have been excised from the playtest rules, which a link will be available in the show notes so that you can download and at least uh, playtest that portion. Now, there are things I am making change to the backstory. Uh, some of this stuff was not actually canon with the very first version of Fringeworthy. It was introduced in later editions, and I'm basically going back to the original version of Fringeworthy. That means there are no Chileans. There is no Libyans, uh, no Omar Gaddafi, for that matter, uh, and no African Socialist Alliance. It's basically, we don't need them. Uh, I know Richard added them, uh, Richard Hoka, that is, added them to give us some sort of villain. But trouble is, we have plenty of villains. And in fact, just using politics, if you've uh, heard that in our, our podcast, just simple politics can give you all the villains you want and all the Im impedance that you need to prevent things from happening or have other things from happening. So yeah, the backstory is getting modified that way. Now, the other thing I'm, I'm planning to change is um, how the worlds are described and laid out. Uh, if you're familiar with Fringe really at all, you understand that most times it was just a sentence or two describing an entire world. 
Um, I'm changing that. The world listings will only list those worlds that are open. If that portal is closed, then there's no description. They you say, what's behind it? I don't know. Why don't you make up something? You're the GM, and you get to design your own uh, system. I know it's easy enough. To, it's easy, easy enough to use what we provide. But sometimes I think it's, you're better off designing your own worlds. That way, you can introduce what you want when you want it. Now, if you do ha- do find yourself coming up dry for um, ideas, we do have our portal books, and you can use them to your heart's content. They all have all these different listings of worlds, and just skim through them. It doesn't matter where they are in the portals book; just use them. Uh, they're you know, they're not locked down. Uh, you can make, especially the uh, the first two portal books, this is plenty of one or two sentence hooks. Expand it, blow it up, make it bigger. What I'm planning to do is is to provide enough information about what's on the other side of the open portals, so that you can actually, as a GM, play whatever game you want. Basically, I'm making a big old sandbox for you to play in, you and your players. I'll provide uh, enough information and enough plot hooks that you can use to create where adventure you want and go off in your own directions. We're not going to tell you how to run or play this game. We have never have done that. And by giving you more freedom in designing what's on the other side of that portal, we'll give you, well, more freedom to do what you want and how you want to do it. In addition, for each world that I'm going to lay out, there's going to be a listing of important NPCs. In addition, also various locations that things happen. And I'm not sure how I'm going to do it, but I'm also going to include the different eras, the early years, the middle campaign, the late campaign, the Commonwealth campaign, how that world could change as time goes on. So the worlds won't be static. They will be able to grow and change as the uh, campaign changes. Or if you decide to start in the middle, you can start in the middle campaign and know how each one of these worlds will look in that in that era. What will change? You know, what will the Golden Horde look like twenty years from now? A whole lot different than they do right now. And the alternate worlds that you're going to find, how, do they, how will they change? Well, they're going to change because there's, there'll be an influx of new technologies. Uh, some worlds that you didn't contact, you know, didn't contact in the beginning, have been contacted, and now they're changing to reflect this new world order that's coming in through the, this little hole in the universe. So that's something uh, important to consider. Now, like I said, I'm going to lay out the the, uh, the book such that there's a player section and a GM section. And the player section will be available as a player's guide. That is, your players don't need to buy the full book. They just need to buy a player's guide. It'll give them all the information they need to create characters and go from there. Now, it does mean I need to add in some characters that aren't in the early years, but will be in the later years, such as the Fringeborn. They're, they will be different from your standard starting, you know, randomly generated, you know, I'm from, I'm from New Haven character. They were born fringeworthy, and they were raised and taught to be, fr- to be fringe explorers. They're going to be a, a different character class than the, I'm, you know, random Joe from the street. 
type French worthy. And as I said, you know, I'm planning to add plot hooks. Well, every major race in the book will have plot hooks. So you can go to that world and you know, oh, wait a second, this, this, and this can happen here. Wow. I have, I have story ideas. And I'll try to make the plot hooks such that they are um, cross-campaign. Uh, cross so they'd, they'd be perfectly good for mid-campaign, early campaign, late campaign. Whatever, whatever you want to do it in. They'll still be good in that time sequence. Also give you some more information on how to run a late campaign when your characters may not even be from Earth. They may be fringe-worthy recruited, and they're now 150 platforms down from Earth. They've never been to Earth Prime. They don't know what it looks like. They had never been there. And they may never visit it, or maybe just a once-in-a-lifetime visit because they're too busy out here doing stuff. This includes, uh, in the GM section, information on the extra bits on the portals and the platforms. The, the things the players can do when they become more knowledgeable and better at what they're doing. They'll be able to access and control things that in the early campaigns would be, would be a dream. But that also means when you make, when you make it easier for the players to do things, that means you're going to have to ramp up and make other things harder, which means encountering other fringe uh, empires out there, such as the Coptics, such as uh, the folks at the other side of the, um, of the line. And those above and those below. And those to the right and those to the left. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you will when you get when you look at the book and see the changes in it. So some thing, uh, a few other things I'm going to be doing in the game that we were never in the book, uh, such as how, how many crystals a year are found. So that you know how many crystals you have approximately 10 years from now. So if you decide to start 10 years down the way, how many crystals would there be available and what kinds and types? Also, uh, nail down, how many Fringeworthy are recruited every year? Uh, it's, a it's a unique number because it will go up every year as more crystals are found and usually search for more Fringeworthy. So the early years, it'll be a very few number a very small number of Fringeworthy, but each year, as, it, as new crystals found, more Fringeworthy will be found and, uh, brought, it, and brought into the fold. So that's going to be a major change, and that will change the number of Fringeworthy and number of jobs they're doing. Also give the option not to play uh, a Fringeworthy from Earth Prime, but play a Fringeworthy from Victoria Prime. That's right, play Victorians. And how that changes. And finally, it's politics. And I know everyone, no one, no one likes politics. And we discussed this in the, during the podcast, during the podcast, how a lot of people really don't like politics, but there's going to be politics. Uh, not everyone's going to kumbaya together and decide, yes, we'll be one big commonwealth and yeah, everything's hunky-dory. That's not going to happen. There will always be people and nations that just don't want to play along. So you need to take that into account. But overall, I think with uh, some city guidance, we'll be able to get this book out. Now, I'm not going to say when. Because like I said, the main core rules are done. 
is doing all the fluff. And if the fluff is changing on, on you, it makes it harder to change the fluff. Uh, and also making changes to how things such as worlds are described and so forth, that slows us down too. Um, now, there are some other things that are going to be happening in the game because it's the way Savage Worlds is set up. Uh, one thing that I, I've actually gone around with my other uh, folks in the TriTech podcast is that there are going, there are going to be no tech levels. And it's for one very important reason. Uh, if you ever play the original TriTech games, there weren't tech levels. There were areas of expertise in the different technologies and social functions in the world. So there was no, like, you know, tech level five, and everyone has bam, bam, bam. No. Some people were really good at medicine, but very bad at social social um, interaction. They... Still had horse and buggy, but they could, you know, regrow your new body. <laughs> Things like that. Uh, tech levels are, for the most part, what's available. Well, trouble is, that's great if you're playing on your standard science fiction game, but when you're playing a game where you're going to other worlds where people do things differently and have different priorities and different paths to, uh, to enlightenment, they're going to have different technologies at different levels. They're not all going to be tech level five and in, in everything. They'll maybe, you know, they may be one level here and one level there. So what I'm planning to do instead of actually having tech levels is to describe them, describe what's available. And that's uh, better for you as a GM. Cause instead of just having a, a simple little number that gives you a cookie cutter uh, technology, now you have things you, you think about. Yes, the the, the Patra Romanans have, have gunpowder weapons. Really good gunpowder weapons. Better than what the, what the equivalent uh, technology level would account for. But they're still using Legion tactics, which are okay, but, you know, things will change. And things will change as, as, they, develop as they develop their technologies, as they get on the pathways. Uh, Golden Horde will pretty much try to bop every kind of assault weapon they can get their hands on and become an unstoppable force in their world. That's going to be fun when you try to explain that to the UN General Assembly. So these are all things they consider. Um, you can remember in the early years, the players are ambassadors of every world they go to. And they are more or less beholden not only to their own country, but to the United Nations. So their actions have ramifications, both on and off the platforms. And we're going to try to reflect this in the game. So, um, as I said, there's some major changes coming along. Um, I was originally going to do a, a massive change to how psionics work in Savage Worlds, and I decided, not nah, not worth it. Uh, we require a lot more playtesting and fiddling to make it work, and really, it's reinventing the, the wheel all over again. So, as I said, timeline-wise, I would like to say I'll have it out by next year. I can't promise that. As I said, it really it's up to me to get a lot of this stuff done. I know my uh, fellow uh, uh, podcasters will say, well, they'll help. But I do also understand that they also have families and responsibilities outside of uh, the podcast and outside of this game. 
And to be honest, none of us, and I, this will probably cause a few folks' jaws to drop, none of us are getting paid to do this. I'm doing this entirely gratis. I'm, doing, you know, I'm not getting paid to do this. I might see a little royalty on top of this, but for the most part, I'm doing this for free. Why? Because Richard Hoka is my friend. He's one of my best friends, and I want to see this done right. So, yeah, it means it may take longer than necessary, but yeah, I want to make sure it's done right. So, as I said before, I'll put a link to the uh, playtest rules. They're up on the Google Plus site, and I'll make sure that the rules are downloadable. So, you'll be able to download them and, well, use them. As I said, I'm going to be changing some of the adventures that are already uh, written up there into sandboxes. Because uh, several of them are introductions to races. Uh, in the in the you know, basic player character races, and therefore instead of having an adventure that's on the rails and running through a predetermined set of things, you, instead I'm going to give you a sandbox to play in as a GM. And how you use that sandbox is totally up to you. It's a big box of shiny new Legos. Put it together how you want, and have fun. So until our next update. And I will be doing these updates on a regular basis. Uh, have fun, play test that game, and give me good feedback. Thank you. This was a TriTag Games update.